0: Hi there, we're so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Volo. We believe that when we support teens' emotional well-being, they discover who they are, what they stand for, and their capacity to bring light and love to the world. Volo creates spaces where teens can get away from it all, feel independent, unplug, and have fun. We are a place of belonging for youth to have deep conversations and feel empowered as they ignite a future with hope. Our circle is open to every race, gender, sexuality, ability, religion, and background. Embers is where, together with other teens, we share our stories as we navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood in an ever-changing world. We hope you'll join us here each month as we explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers burning in each of us.
1: In the current climate of mental health in the US, Valo loves to talk with other organizations in the same field about what they do and sort of how they operate. And so today on the Embers Podcast, we have with us a group of people from NAMI and I will let them introduce themselves. Hi there
2: everyone, my name is Walter. I use he, him pronouns.
3: I'm Grace, she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Alexia, she, her pronouns. I'm Lila and I use she, her pronouns.
1: And I'm Levi, I use he, him pronouns. I guess the first thing that we should go over is, for the listeners who might not know, like, what is NAMI, how is it founded, and what's the mission?
4: So here at NAMI, we are actually a chapter in Maine that's actually part of a national organization. The goal is to advocate, educate, and support individuals, families, and communities to learn more about mental health and how we can improve it.
0: Awesome. What kinds of programs and events do you guys offer or put on?
2: So there are a lot of different programs and events that are managed by NAMI. Uh, A really big component of what we do is education. So we offer youth mental health first aid and adult mental health first aid, as well as general wellness trainings. NAMI also maintains the helpline, which you can call for a comprehensive list of mental health resources in Maine, they can help direct you to the right resource. Um, And then there's also the program that we work on primarily, which is known as the teen text line. It's a specialized text line serving people ages 13 to 23. And it's staffed entirely by young people who are 18 to 24. So there's a great deal of relatability there. Um, We're open seven days a week from 2pm to 10 p.m.
1: That's awesome. So we noticed that a lot of the core values on your website are very focused on community and we were wondering how do you guys think communities sort of help with mental health in the context of NAMI or in just the bigger picture?
3: I think definitely with everything going on in Maine, we've really seen the community come together. And I think that knowing that you're not alone and that there are other people there to support you is a really big part of what community can do for mental health.
0: Awesome. So we're curious,
4: how did each of you individually get involved with NAMI? I started working with the text line in particular roughly a year ago. I'm a college student currently and NAMI and the mission of NAMI really supports what I'm studying in my own education. So I found a really big interest and thought that it would be great to get involved and boost my community and also myself, but also really educating and giving myself like personal experience. So that way I can do a better job in the future and help lift up uh, advocating for mental health.
2: Yeah. Love it, Alexia. I got into it for a lot of the same reasons. When I was starting out college, I saw firsthand a lot of the shortcomings that exist in young people with mental health accessibility. You know, there aren't necessarily a lot of resources out there, or there weren't at the time, a lot of resources out there that were focused on young people. And when the job opened up, um, I saw it and I went for it. I'm super positive about mental health and I'm a super big proponent of men's mental health and getting more support systems there for young people in general. Um, and NAMI has been a great fit.
3: For me, I was actually looking for a position, a job for the summer. And my, my parents both work in a high school and my mom brought the poster home and said, Grace, you should apply. And I said, okay. And I was kind of nervous about it because it would be my first real job in the field, but I went for it and I'm really, really glad I did. Provided really wonderful opportunities. And I went for it because it, it aligns with my, the field that I studied, it aligns a lot with my values. And I also found that working on the text line, the text line is definitely something that I could have utilized when I was younger. And so being able to be that for someone else is really meaningful. And I think it's very accessible for young people. And some, uh, the peer aspect, as Walter mentioned earlier, provides some of the relatability. You're never gonna know exactly what someone's going through, but a you know 14 year old or a 16 year old talking to someone that's 20 is very different than someone who's a lot older, like their parent or someone in the school. And so I think that that is, that's really nice. That's really nice for a young person.
1: Right. That's really interesting, sort of a theme that I noticed between you guys that you didn't really see a lot of mental health, I don't wanna say offerings, but sort of, you know, programs to help people um, that are younger. And that's sort of something I noticed before I came into Volos. Valo was sort of my first experience with an organization that, you know, helped young people with their mental health. So that's just a really, really interesting connection
0: so i'm curious as you reflect on the teens accessing the teen text line what are you learning about teens experiences today have you noticed any changes in this time that you've been working
2: that's a really great question Uh, i've been with the teen text line for about two years now and i have been fortunate or unfortunate depending on how you look at it to work on the text line during and after covid and i think as everybody here knows, there were a lot of profound shifts that went through a lot of young people's support systems during COVID. When school wasn't in place, people lost access to friends, to coaches, um, favorite teachers, school counselors, stuff like that. And so I think it's really rewarding to watch people go back to school, start participating in those after school activities again, and uh, have more access to in-person support systems than they did uh, when COVID was really in full swing.
0: Do you guys see any common threads around teen mental health issues?
4: I always tell people that are like, just so down on themselves when they text into the line. It's like, cause they just, they feel embarrassed. They're like, well, I just don't, like, I don't even know where to start. And I, was like, and I always say, you know, like you've already gone in the right direction. Like you started correctly by reaching out for help. Like There's no need to be embarrassed. And that's the another thing that's really good about our line is that it's totally anonymous. I don't know who they are. They don't know who I am. It's just that support. And it's just nice to have someone, even if you don't know them and it's like, I've, like we're not your friend, but we're definitely up here in a sense of support. And I think that even with the year that I've been on the line, I've noticed a huge kind of pattern of we've had a lot of like repeat texters, like people that will reach out on a regular basis, check in with us, like making sure that we're still there and there to listen for them, um, which is huge because for us, I mean, it's good because we have a ton of people that we can help, but also it shows that there's more comfort. That's the one thing I've noticed is that they understand we really are there to help and do our best.
3: I would say, what I'm learning about teens experiences today is that exactly what you mentioned, a lot of shame around mental health still. And a lot of the, there's still the idea kind of that it's something they need to figure out alone or that it's something that they shouldn't be experiencing or that they shouldn't have to, uh, that they don't want to feel like a burden on other people with the challenges that they're going through. That's something that I have definitely noticed. and additionally a lot of challenges i think with relationships and with school adolescence and young adulthood is a, or adolescence and young adulthood is a very turbulent time and so relationships and all the kind of emotional physical psychological changes that they go through kind of create a lot of turmoil and sometimes it's hard to open up to your peers about that like in person and so we provide, as Alexia mentioned, that anonymity, um, you know, to a degree, of course, if someone's in a crisis, we do have to handle that differently. But there is that anonymity so that the, the young person really has control in that situation to, to provide as much or as little as they want.
1: I'm really yeah. curious. This could be, you know, one of you could answer it or all of you. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any strategies? You talk a lot about people having a lot of shame when they text a line. Do you have any, like, strategies to sort of help people open up a little bit more and get past that barrier?
2: I think that one of the things I like to do is I like to remind people that it is quite literally my job and something I'm passionate about to help other people. You know, I think there's sometimes a lot of hesitation uh, when young people reach out because they don't wanna be a bother or they don't wanna be a burden or they don't wanna use up resources uh, that someone else might need. And I wish that I could just Tell everyone that that isn't the case at all. You know, obviously, in a perfect world um, where everybody is doing great, nobody would use the program. But I I sit here every shift and I hope people text in. I hope people text in for advice and for support and stuff like that. You know, we all on the text line look forward to helping. And the people who reach out for help are the farthest thing from a burden, they're the farthest thing from an inconvenience.
3: I agree. And I think also validating that belief and that experience that maybe they're not worthy of help or they're a burden, you know, validating that a lot of people have their own challenges and also kind of that idea of like mirroring back, well, would you tell a friend that they don't deserve help? Or, you know, would you tell a loved one that they don't deserve help? Probably not. And so, you know, just helping them realize the way that they're talking to themselves. um, And just as Walter said, that, that we are here for a reason. Our job exists for a reason and that's to talk to people.
4: Yeah, I would also add in too, like, that's where my own kind of, like, personal experiences come in, like, with my own anxieties. I think it relates to teens too, because they have so much anxiety about the unknown. Like, they're texting someone, and it, that's where it kind of is on the opposite here, is because it's like, they're texting someone completely unknown, and it's like, you know, well, what's going to happen if I tell them this, or what's going to happen if Like, you know, are they going to tell somebody? Am I going to get in trouble? Are people going to come to my house? Like, what is going to happen? And I think that what I advise people is, you know, share what you're comfortable with. Like, I am here to listen to whatever you want to tell me. I can help you through, you know, if you had a hard day, if this has been going on for a long time. And that actually is often a question I ask right off the bat is, you know, how long has this been going on? To kind of get to narrow down what started this and how we can move forward and kind of improve it. And that is often also a pattern I see with our repeat texters is that kind of, you know, slow and maybe even steady improvement. But I think also reminding them too when they are repeat texters, you know, look how look how far you've come in this short amount of time.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that um, teens are reaching out. So with all the teens you get, do you see any common threads around like mental health issues?
2: I think that anxiety probably tends to be the biggest common thread. You know, some people would say that more and more people are anxious with each new generation, but I I wouldn't agree to that. I think I would say that people feel safer being anxious and they feel like they're not going to be judged for it. They feel like they can be open with those feelings about their mental health and about the stress and anxiety they're feeling when they're talking with friends. It's, it's a hard question to answer. Because I think one of the traps that we as people fall into is thinking that nobody is feeling like us, or uh, we're sort of alone in dealing with these emotions. I think a lot of young people would be shocked at how many of their peers are working through and dealing with and uh, working on so many of the same issues and anxieties with relationships and friendships, um, school, family, and just generally feeling like uh, they have to vent to someone.
4: Yeah, I would also add too, depression is a really big one. And I think that, especially with the teens that we see, it's kind of a bottled up thing because when they're at school or out in public, they feel like it's something that they have to hide. And then it's like when they get like to the comfort of their home or wherever they are, and then they text us, it's like all of that. That had been in them just comes out and is kind of displayed for us to see so i think i've seen a lot of the cases of just depression whether it comes from you know just keeping it in for too long and i've also seen a lot of like seasonal stuff like sometimes we get a lot of like pickup during you know school time but also during breaks when people have time to sit and really process so I would say, like Walter said, anxiety, but also depression linked with that is probably our top two things that we see the most.
1: That's really interesting. That's definitely something that I've noticed as well um, in my peers is those two sort of almost go hand in hand sometimes as well. Anxiety sort of leads you into like a trap feeling space where you sort of tend to socialize less and then that kind of can spiral. What guidance might you guys offer to adults that are looking to support young people um, in general? Because, well, you guys might be, you know, younger. And the whole point of NAMI is to sort of offer that more peer-like connection. Everybody can certainly sort of help. So how would you guys sort of recommend that older people might try and support young people?
3: I can start that one. And I'd say a lot of times listening is the most important thing. I think that listening looks different for everyone, but really active listening and trying to like hold comments before the person has finished, uh, which is something I could improve on. Um, So I definitely think that, you know, truly like active listening and instead of thinking about how you're going to reply, just listening. It's difficult. 'Cause I'm definitely someone that like when you're talking to me, I'm often thinking like, Okay, how am I going to respond to this? And then I realize, oh, there someone's still talking and I've missed part of it. And so instead of being like, Okay, I need to reply to this, what am I gonna say? Be like, you know what, I'm gonna listen to this person and then I can take the time to pause after and then think about what I wanna say. And so I think listening is important and listening in a non-judgmental way is also very important. And being open to what the person is saying and not kind of downplaying the concern they're having. Because I think that we all have a certain, it's obvious, but we all present externally um, may be differently than we're experiencing internally. So while someone may be really doing well in school and someone may be very social and someone may be very engaged, this could, you know, some, someone's child may be all of those things and seem like they're doing really well. Their internal world may not be matching the external world. And so it is really important to, when someone, when, when, when a child or when your child or a young person tells you something to really take it seriously and I think that a lot of parents do, um, you know, we, we actually have a lot of youth. We have a lot of youth at Texas and they say, I don't want to concern my parents with the X, Y and Z. And so then in my in, in my experience, I then am without. So we talk about that and how could you communicate this? And so I think that that communication is truly the most important, a simple, it's not simple, but, and and I'm there for you and I I want to hear from you and you're not a burden. again, going back to that whole issue of people feeling like they're a burden. So that is what I'd offer.
2: I think I would just tack on to that, that I speak to a lot of young people who maybe went to a parent or they went to a teacher or another trusted adult and that adult didn't know what to do and you know that's that's not a bad thing we can't expect everyone to always have all of the answers but i think the big suggestion i would make is that that if you're an adult who is looking to understand how you can better support youth take a youth mental health first aid class take an education class on some of the challenges that youth struggle with they're about four to five hours long, they're usually free and open to the public. Um, and they can be really insightful. And if you can't do that, do a little bit of research on resources that are available, uh, helplines, text lines, various, uh, peer support groups that are designed specifically for youth. And maybe just keep a list in your notes app and have some ideas of where these young people can go if they come to you looking for resources.
0: I'm curious, where can people access your guys'
2: resources? So the best place to get a comprehensive view of everything we do, uh, everything we do is on the NAMI Maine website. So that's www.namiMaine.org. There's a specific tab for youth education programs and you can access all of the class dates there uh, and register for them.
3: And then as for the text line, um, we would love to hear from young people. So you can text us at 207
1: So we're getting into sort of our last couple of questions here. One of the big ones that we tend to ask a lot of people is what do you want young people to know as they face challenges or something along the lines of what do you want old people to know if they're sort of, you know, trying to help out as
2: best they can? I think the big thing would be that you're not alone. That there are people out there who really want to help who want you to come to them who want to be used as a resource and who want to direct you to places that were helpful for us you know we all on the teen text line at least are young people with lived experiences and the reason we're doing this is that many of us wish that we had a program like this when we were growing up so you know, there are there are people out there who can help. There are people out there who want to help. Don't be afraid to reach out and just chat with us.
4: Yeah, kind of spinning off what Walter said about lived experience. I mean, by now we had all gone through high school. And if we hadn't been through it ourselves, we've seen it happen. Or we know someone who's expressed things to us. And we've had to kind of, you know, go through that ourselves and deal with it in our own ways. And I think Kind of sharing what has and hasn't worked for us is really beneficial to people that are going through it currently and we also say you know this worked for me but also giving the clarification you know we don't have a magic wand we wish we did trust but it's so challenging sometimes to find what works for other people but i think the biggest thing that we say is you know this worked for us try it and if it doesn't work reach out again we'll help you find something And just saying, you know, when I was going through this, these are the things that I started with. And this is what I found was really effective. And going and helping them that way was really, really, really helpful.
3: I agree completely with what Alexia and Walter both said. And I'm actually interested if i may ask is it okay to ask a question okay um i'm interested actually in like what do what do you when you are facing a challenge if you want to share what do you both find helpful
1: oh that is a that is a really good question i find that it's really helpful to have people listen to me especially i'm not sure if you guys know how much volo works um but we have a thing that we do called conversation during retreats which is Effectively, we all sit down and we have a prompt, and we can talk about more or less anything we want to, regardless of whether or not it's really uh, related to the prompt that we were given. But sort of having that, like, other people to listen to you and then ask questions of you, that a lot of the time can help me sort of like work through where things are coming from or, you know, what like the root cause of something might be. And that sort of really helps me a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just like Levi. Volo has been a great place for me to go and kind of I come off the retreat just feeling like refreshed because I have people who are there willing to listen and help me and everyone who's there wants to be there but personally like when I'm going through something my parents are probably my biggest resource they've always been super helpful to me anything I need so I'm very grateful to have that, but I know that not everyone has the those same resources. So I think it's awesome what you guys
3: are doing. Thank you. I thank you for sharing that. And um, what I think I want to add, I agree completely the message of like, you're not alone. Then also what I think you both shared brings up the message of, and someone cares. Like right. you're not alone and someone cares. Yeah. The idea that like. When um, you mentioned that when you go on these retreats, like the people there are there for a reason, and they're there because they want to be, and just being listened to shows that someone uh, is is investing their time to to pay attention to what you're going through, and so I think that that is what I would remind young people is that someone someone cares, um, and I think it can be extra challenging if that if you can't find someone in your direct life that cares, but. On the text line, we care about you, and and there are people in your life that care about you, and a lot of what we can do actually is is kind of help you figure that out. We really, although obviously we love and value our jobs, we also want to connect people with their in-person supports. Um, Because, you know, there is only so much you can get through a texting relationship. And so we do work to help people connect with someone maybe in their school or in their family or in their community because knowing that someone in your life cares is, is really important.
1: Definitely. I find that the curiosity and like real engagement really offers a lot of that meaning.
0: I love how you guys are just so passionate about your jobs and it doesn't even, I don't know, listening to you guys talk about it doesn't even seem like a job. It seems like you guys are just super passionate and open to helping teens, which is awesome. I'm wondering, what brings you hope?
3: It's a really hard question to answer. It really is, and there are so many things that I could list and I'm probably gonna ramble as I do and list a few different things. Um, I think that my friends and family absolutely bring me hope, um, especially those that have gone through their own challenges and I watch them um, continue to face those each day and and choose to keep going despite maybe feeling like they don't want to um, that that brings me a lot of hope but also what brings me hope is the fact that like tomorrow is a new day and it's kind of cheesy and um, but it's true you know and every second every minute is a new day because there have been times in my life a hundred percent where I was just trying to live to the next minute like I was just trying to make it like to the to the next hour. And I think that that sometimes that that brings you hope, knowing that nothing is permanent, uh, is terrifying, yet also encouraging, <laughs> because that means that if you're going through something really really difficult that feels like it's gonna last forever, uh, it won't, because every day is new and every minute and hour is new, and yeah, and, and and that you can you you can kind of take the reins and make the changes that you want.
2: I think for me, I get a lot of hope from looking out at the world and seeing young people taking care of one another, young people expressing concern for their friends, reaching out for resources for somebody else, um, reaching out to resources together so people might feel less afraid. I think that our generation has this unique opportunity to be the one that makes mental health Uh, a good thing that destigmatizes accessing resources and that encourages asking for help and supporting one another.
4: Yeah, I'd say for me, I kind of reacted the same way as Grace. Well, you know, I really do have to think about this. Like, this is a really broad but deep question that kind of, you know, hits hard. Like, what does give me hope? And I think that kind of what I came up with is kind of like, optimism for the future type of thing, you know, I think once I came to my own senses of, you know, hey, I'm the captain of my own ship, like, it's up to me what I do with it, but I also think that that kind of ties in with our text line, is if you haven't quite realized that yet, that is what we're here for, is to help you, you know, gain that, you know, captain title of your own ship type of thing, so I think what gives me hope is, like, this opportunity that, you know, we're having right now, finding people that have a similar mission and coming together because I think the more people the better.
3: And Walter, I'm really glad that you mentioned um, younger generations and our generation kind of being the one to change the conversation around mental health. And so that like just leads me that I really appreciate the the two of you, Levi and, and Lila. Um, because although we're not that far in age, um, you're teens, so you are you are younger than us. And so I just, I really do appreciate your willingness and your openness around these topics.
1: Thank you so much for saying that. That really does mean a lot. Is there anything that any of you guys want to sort of talk about or clarify before we close?
3: I think just reminding people that we are here as a resource. We want to hear from you. And again, the text line number is 207 515 8398, and we are open every day from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that, yeah, we, we're here for you. We want to hear from you.
0: Awesome. Thank you for the three of you sitting down with us today. I think it was very meaningful to hear from Levi and I's perspective as teens that there are resources out there to help us. Here at Embers, we like to end with a closing word on how you're feeling. So...
1: I would say grateful.
4: I think my word would be empowered.
1: I'd say
2: reassured.
4: I'm feeling hopeful.
1: I'm feeling very enlightened. So thank you all for joining us. It was a it was a great conversation. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Yeah, thank you all.
4: Thanks for joining us today. Like what you heard, we invite you to connect with us at followmain.org for additional ideas and inspiration. Music from this episode was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It was a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time, take care.